0: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to episode number 124 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Dreamer. It's a pleasure to be with you here on this summer Saturday as it is each and every week. You can find the pod wherever you can find your favorite podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. You know the deal. Download, rate, subscribe. We love you for it. Thank you very much. Hopefully you all had a nice 4th of July celebration, as difficult as it was to celebrate anything On Independence Day this year. Uh, I had a fantastic week with friends in Provincetown. Thank you for asking. Um, And really, you know, I've been going to P-Town every summer, and I've been lucky enough to go multiple times per summer and multiple times per year, uh, pretty much every year since, I don't know, 2016, 17. So it's been about five, six years. And, you know, it's really not a cliche for me to say that P-Town gets better Every and every time I go, I mean, it really is gay summer camp, and it's really just a magical place where time seems to stop and rush forward all at the same time, and every year I go, and really every time I go, I appreciate something different about P-Town's magic, and this year, it was Commercial Street after dark. Now, those of you who have been to P-Town know exactly what I'm talking about. Commercial Street is the main street uh, right through the middle of town. It's where Pretty much everything is from the bars, the clubs, a lot of restaurants, uh, clothing stores, tremendous art galleries. Uh, go on down the line, Boat Slip, where they hold tea dance. It's all right there on Commercial Street. And during the day, uh, it is packed with tourists, it's packed with day trippers, it's packed with families. And don't get me wrong, there are certainly a lot of gays thrown into the mix, you know, gallivanting around. And their Speedos are riding on their bikes. But it really is a day trip or tourist place during the day, as one would suspect. There's a day ferry that comes from Boston. Takes just 90 minutes to shoot on in there. So about from 10 to 8 p.m. when the day trippers are around. It's definitely more of a family-friendly vibe on Commercial Street. Then the sun sets. And then we get to p after dark. And if you go out, especially around 10 o'clock, certainly 11 o'clock at night, and most definitely after the clubs close at 1, um... It's a really special, hedonistic, once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. I mean, people are just bopping around until all hours. Everyone is euphoric. Everyone is just walking around looking for what to do next, looking for people to meet. Uh, it's, it's just such a cool thing. And there are people who have really high-powered jobs who are there. There are actors. There are schlubs like yours truly. Uh, it's just in a, a mix of the gay world. Is all right there, bopping around in the wee hours in the morning around Commercial Street and all the surrounding streets, and you know, I mean, you see people just so euphoric, as I said, and just biking around, bopping around until sunrise. Not that I would ever be out that late, of course, um, but it's 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 like nowhere else in the world. I mean, it really is a place where you can go. And totally let loose for however long you're there. And I wrote this a couple years ago in an ode to P-Town. You know, the thing about being gay is we hear all the time about how the wi- the more widespread acceptance of gay people in society means that we can fit in. A lot more places than we used to be able to, right? I mean, I live in Boston, and there is not a single part of the city in which I would not feel comfortable uh, walking down the street holding hands with my partner. There really wouldn't be. Uh, I know we'd be accepted at any restaurant, any club, any bar, any venue, go on down the line, and that's wonderful. But, you know, I don't just want to merely fit in amongst khaki pants and polos, you know, I want to dance in my jock strap. I want to wear my five-inch inseam shorts. I want to be shirtless for most of the night. That's what I want to do. And that's something that can only happen in a place like Provincetown, a real gay oasis. So whenever I hear that conversation about, yeah, gay spaces, yeah, they're not that, not that important anymore because gays are accepted anywhere. Uh, that is not true at all. And in fact, I find that quite offensive. And any gay person who's saying that, I uh, I don't really think gets it, to be honest, because there is just something so special about these queer bastions, and it's P-town, it's Fire Island, uh, Palm Springs, Key West. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing a million others. Uh, Puerto Vallarta, certainly, for a lot of my West Coast friends. Uh, there are just so many of these places, and I understand that you know P-town for the fourth is just insanely expensive and it is exclusionary in that aspect and I feel so fortunate that I'm able to go for five nights and spend time with my friends 4th of July weekend it's just such a special experience that I'm so blessed to experience and have friends who have taken me with them and really opened my eyes to this incredible underworld that again only exists in a few places in P-Town ...is one of those places, and it's just... ...I feel so fortunate, so lucky, and so light and so free... ...after I come back from a trip there, and uh, this year it was no exception. So, just a great time there, an amazing time. But we're back to the grind, Sports Kiki Podcast. And I want to spend most of the rest of the show talking about... ...the biggest story this week in LGBTQ sports... ...and one of the biggest sports stories in the country. And that is Brittany Griner, who, of course, has been behind bars in Russia for 142 days now, and she's facing a sentence of 10 years after pleading guilty to minor drug charges this week. Uh, As you probably know, Brittany Griner was caught with smoking cartridges in her luggage in February. The cartridges uh, contained very small amounts of hashish oil, less than a single gram, but yet Griner was arrested, detained, and now she's been in detention for 142 days in Russia. We saw glimpses of her this week in a Russian courtroom. She was handcuffed. She did not look to be uh, well. She said in letters that physically she's struggling, but mentally she's doing all right. Uh, She wrote to President Biden as well this week, saying she fears she'll be stuck in Russia forever. That's a direct quote. And admitting wrongdoing, Greiner said she packed hastily and never intended to break Russian law, where Drug chargers are very serious, but still, this is less than a single gram. I mean, come on, this is something that, I mean, it's barely even enough to do anything with. So, it's just, obviously, as the U.S. ruled months ago, Brittany Griner is being wrongly detained in Russia. And, you know, this has been a weird story to follow for a couple of reasons. First of all, when this first started in early March when he learned of Greiner's detainment. And that was the first big red flag, that she was detained in mid to late February, and it took Russian authorities a couple of weeks to publicly reveal that she was in prison there. Um, so when this all started, and I wrote an article about this for OutSports interviewing a Russian legal expert, and he said that, you know, staying silent about this case is the best path forward because the last thing you want is for Brittany Greiner to become a political symbol And for this to become a political issue, especially with the tensions with the U.S., the invasion of Ukraine, and the best way to go is to keep this in the legal system. Because as unfair and prejudiced as the Russian legal system is, Again, anything would be better than this becoming a political crisis. And then Brittany Griner's fate is up to only one man, and that is, of course, Vladimir Putin. So that was the reasoning early on in her detainment, why the WNBA largely stayed silent, her teammates stayed silent, her family, including her wife Cheryl, stayed silent. And we can now say in hindsight, that policy of silence, uh, or strategy of silence, I should say, was a big failure because Brittany Griner is still in prison over 142 days, and she now faces 10 years in prison for this very minor offense. So we can say in hindsight, that was a big disaster, and it did nothing, and it really just kept people unnecessarily silent for an excruciating amount of time. And, you know, you look at the decision this week for Griner to plead guilty to these ridiculous and trumped-up charges. Um, You know, the piece of analysis is that Defendants are found guilty 99% of the time in the Russian legal system, so the guilty verdict is inevitable, experts say, and pleading guilty now allows the U.S. and Russia to really get going on the diplomatic front, and that can quicken uh, Griner's release. Hopefully that is the case. But I'm not entirely convinced. I mean, again, a few months ago, we heard, you gotta be quiet, you gotta be quiet, hush hush, because that really allows the progress to be made. Uh, Well, guess what? It was kept out of the public arena. It did absolutely nothing. So hopefully this is not another misstep. I mean, I don't know. Pleading guilty is just, I don't think if you aren't guilty, like it's ever the best way to go. Um, But who knows if you are found guilty pretty much every time in the Russian legal system and if it's inevitable, maybe, yeah, anything to get the negotiation process really going here. And it's confusing to know even where that is at. Uh, The Russian media has reported that this Russian national by the name of Victor Boot uh, could be swapped for Griner. Victor Boot has been imprisoned in the U.S. since 2012. He's serving a 25-year sentence for conspiring to sell weapons to people overseas who said they planned to kill Americans. During his sentencing, U.S. prosecutors called Boot among the world's most successful and sophisticated arms trafficker. He's known as the Merchant of Death. Hmm, that's quite a nickname. Um, and that seems so extreme, right? I mean, Brittany Griner <clears throat> is being held for less than a gram of hashish oil, And the Russian media is saying, yes, a fair exchange would be Brittany Griner for somebody named the Merchant of Death, whom U.S. prosecutors labeled among the world's most successful and sophisticated arms traffickers, who are selling weapons to people who plan to kill Americans. Like, wow, that is certainly not an equal exchange by any stretch. But why doesn't the Biden administration do it, if that's the ask? I mean, why? Brittany Griner is 27 years old. She's in the prime of her life, both professionally and personally. She has a great wife, a great life here. She's one of the most accomplished out LGBTQ athletes ever. She's a national champion, WNBA champion, multi-time all-star, MVP, gold medalist, go on down the line. She's accomplished it all in her young career. And she's staying in Russia for over 140 days, detained in Russia for over 140 days because of a nothing infraction. And you worry. Brittany Griner is a black woman who's openly gay. We know Vladimir Putin's disdain an outward disdain for LGBTQ people. And I think if you saw those clips of Griner in Russian court this week, her appearance and all of that makes you worry about her safety. And It means that there may be, she may be treated with a lot of contempt in Russia. She said that she has not been allowed any direct contact with her wife, for example. But that also means that Griner could be just as, could be viewed in just as a contemptible fashion in some pockets of the US, her being an out black dreadlocked woman. I mean, that makes it certainly fair to wonder. If the outrage from American citizens would be louder if Griner were, let's say, Tom Brady or Steph Curry or LeBron James, a star male athlete who fits that stereotype. And that's exactly what Griner's coach, Vanessa Nygaard, said this week. The coach of the Mercury said, the Phoenix Mercury, that Griner would be home if she was a male athlete like, again, LeBron or Tom Brady or Steph Curry. I look at her rally attendance figures, 300 people showed up at a recent rally for Griner's release at the Phoenix Mercury Arena. Uh, to give you a picture of that, that arena can fit 17,000 folks, and 300 showed up. I think it's fair to say that, again, a rally for LeBron or Tom Brady or, you know, who's the most famous son, DeAndre Atten, uh, you know, Chris Paul. I mean, a rally for, for them, a rally for Chris Paul, if he was wrongfully detained in Russia, would be... In the thousands! It would be in the thousands if it was held in his home city of Phoenix. So it's time to ramping up the outrage. Again, I don't know what it'll accomplish, but it's better than nothing. And I think Brittany Griner has just been failed. The advice early on to stay quiet, the strategy early on to stay quiet was horrible. It did nothing. And now we'll see. I mean, I, I do really think that the lack of widespread outrage and commotion over Brittany Griner's insane detainment... Speaks a lot to the sexism and, frankly, homophobia that we see in some pockets of the U.S., some pockets of sports, and some pockets still in the sports media as well. If Brittany Griner were, again, star male NBA player, I think this would— <laughs> I don't know if they would be home, but the outrage would certainly be a lot more. Um, and it, it just shows you. It speaks to the the, 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 the ecosystem— in which male and female sports exist, with male sports getting just so much more coverage than female sports, and it speaks to all the biases we have in sports media as well. It it speaks it it speaks to a confluence of issues in terms of equality in U.S. society, and sadly, it's resulting in Brittany Griner being detained in Russia for an infinite amount of time, and again for. The outrage to not be the number one story on a daily basis or even like a top five story on a daily basis, which is just totally insane, if you ask me. And again, speaks a lot about, well, some of the not so good things about our country and the way we perceive people and the way that we cover people. Uh, So yeah, I mean, it's a sad, shameful story. And I just can't imagine, I really can't imagine being Brittany Griner 27 years old, and just saying, holy crap, 142 days of my life have been stolen from me. I will never get them back. And I could be here for many more days, if not many more years. How is she waking up each and every morning? How is she able to even walk and compose herself heading into that Russian court handcuffed? How can she do it? I mean, Brittany Griner is a stronger person than you and I, let me tell you that, and she deserves more than capitulation, and that's what silence is at this point, capitulation, enough already. So I'm sure we'll be revisiting the story time and time again this summer, as we should, both on OutSports and here on this podcast, The Sports Kiki, episode number 124. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you have any show ideas, comments, concerns, guest ideas, hopefully you all enjoyed out pro soccer player Colin Martin last week. Uh, Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at AlexDreamer1 is my Twitter handle. That again is at AlexDreamer1. So long, everybody, and we'll talk to you next Saturday.